Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. Oh, this episode. This episode is going to be so good. Hey. The ins and outs of bodybuilding, the good things it did for her, the mental aspects of it, what it did to her physically, what it did to her pelvic floor, because this is a pelvic floor podcast. All the things. All the things. Nothing is off limits in this very, very special Rachel Tells All episode. (laughs) So, let's see, when was it? I guess it was already two weeks ago. I competed in my second bodybuilding show of the year. And I know I kind of mentioned this a couple episodes ago where, like, I hesitate to say that I'm a bodybuilder because, like, I feel like it just brings a very specific image to mind when a girl says that they're a bodybuilder. And it's not... Like I'm, I'm small. I'm not I was very. About to say, <laughs> Rachel is not this big like boulder of a woman. I mean, no. she's tiny. Like you could knock her over with a strong wind. That's Literally. what she looks like anyway. She's actually a lot sturdier than she looks. But yeah, she's very, very little. Yeah, but it's it's so much fun. And and I got into bodybuilding a couple years ago. And after I was you know, I got into college and I wasn't playing sports anymore. You know, I mean, in high school, I think I played like three or four sports a year and was super, super active. And I just wasn't getting that anymore in college and refused to gain the freshman 15. And so I started lifting weights in the gym and it just became an addiction. And I love it so much. I mean, you've all heard me just talk about how much weight training has just so many benefits to it. And especially as a woman, I mean, I've never felt stronger than when I'm in the gym, like lifting heavy weights and, you know, lifting more than dudes sometimes. Like it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling and it makes my body feel strong. It makes me feel strong mentally and physically. And I could go on and on about what it does, you know, for for me mentally and just like as a stress relief. But as I just kind of started to get more and more into weightlifting, I was kind of still missed that competitive edge that I wasn't getting, you know, that I had had in sports all through high school and just wasn't really getting that anymore. And so taking it to the next level of competing and doing a bodybuilding competition just kind of seemed like the next step, just like the next logical step. This is so random, but I remember the exact day you actually started thinking about it you walked into class and you were like oh my gosh this guy at the gym asked me if I competed in like the bikini competitions and you were like I was really flattered but I said no and he was like oh my gosh you should and then it just like sparked something in you and I could tell in that conversation I was like she's about to do this yeah it really did I I remember that day very very clearly because it happened uh, I was at the gym and actually had two people come up to me that same day within like 30 45 minutes of each other and both of them asked me if I competed and I was just kind of like well I do now apparently (laughs) like I guess I do and so it really did just kind of you know like I said it had kind of just been there in the back of my mind like eh, maybe one day kind of thing and then that day I was just kind of like okay yep done it's it's decided is this is gonna happen and so when I first got into bodybuilding and when I first kind of started looking into all that it would entail um, I decided not to get a coach and I really wish that I had um, 
training is hard and prepping for a bodybuilding competition is hard. And there's a lot of factors that play a role into how your what your training looks like and what your diet looks like leading up to the show. And in my mind, I was kind of like, okay, I'm a broke kid. Like I'm, you know, still in PT school and, you know, on my clinical rotations and stuff. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to like this. I don't even know if I'm going to enjoy this. So why would I shell out all this money for a coach if I don't even think I'm going to, you know, if I don't know if I'm going to do this for forever. And so I didn't get a coach, put myself through my first prep and probably just destroyed my metabolism, destroyed my hormone regulation. And it just, it was hard it was a really hard process prepping for that show and it was hard coming out of it as well. And after that, I did get a coach. I was like, okay, I'm addicted to this now. Like this was, you know, that was amazing. Let me do this all over again. Got a coach who is fantastic. I know I've talked about him before. His name is Jackson. You can find him on Instagram. I tag him in pretty much everything. Um, but he is so, so knowledgeable about what he does and training and nutrition and timing of meals and how to deal with certain things that come up during prep. And so if you are thinking about doing a bodybuilding competition, get a coach, get a coach. So let's talk about what you did uncoached. Mm -hmm. How did you, I mean, how did you plan how long you would bulk and then when you would start cutting or whatever the words you guys use yeah. for that is, <laughs> what, what did that look like what was your thought process what happened to your body physically you mentioned mm -hmm. it being hard like what did that look like yeah so when I started kind of prepping for the show um and unfortunately, this is also during COVID. And so the show that I had originally planned for actually ended up getting canceled and we didn't have it. And so I had to find a show later in the year. And so my prep season ended up lasting about twice as long. And that was way too long to be in in, in a deficit, in a caloric deficit. And so when you're bulking or when you're trying to grow, put on muscle, if you want to build muscle, um, you need to bulk, you need to eat in a, a caloric surplus. And so the way that I kind of think about it is if you were to plug yourself into a wall, how much energy would you need to like charge yourself? Right. And so it, you know, all of our electronic appliances that is measured in Watts or joules or whatever in human beings, that's measured in calories. That is, you know, our basal metabolic rate is the calories that we burn on a day-to-day -day basis just by living, just by sitting, breathing, working, pumping our heart, pumping our lungs, moving our digestive system, powering our brain. And we all have, that's different for everybody. That depends on your age, your gender, your activity level. It depends on, um, so many things that just, you know, and we all have our individual differences as well. So even, you know, somebody else that's five, four and 120 pounds, our basal metabolic rate is going to be completely different because we're different people. And so, it, you know, whatever that number is, and there's calculators online that you can look up if you're curious what yours is. Well, if you eat more than that number, you gain weight. If you eat less than that number, you lose weight. It's literally that simple period, end of story. That's how it works. Um, there's no specific diet there. You know, keto is not the end all be all paleo. Isn't the end all be all. I've, I've heard all the diets. I've heard them all. What it comes down to is calories in versus calories out. And so starting a 
bulking phase, you definitely want to be in a little bit of a caloric surplus and it doesn't take much 200 calories, 300 calories, more than that is going to be a significant load on the body. And so that's where a coach comes in where they can kind of guide that nutrient distribution and think, okay, do we want a lot of those nutrients to be first thing in the morning? Do we want a lot of those, um, a lot of those calories to be pre-training or post-training? And, you know, what about off days, things like that. And so for me, I didn't really do like a bulking phase and I wish that I'd had, um, I wish that I had taken a little bit more time to really nail down nutrition and really nail down my training to put on a little bit more muscle. Cause by the time that I got to the show, by the time that I got as lean as I was, I was tiny, I was tiny, like to the point where I almost looked sick. And so I do wish that I had spent a little bit more time putting on some muscle. And then when I started cutting, I basically just did the opposite, did about 200 calories less, maintain there for a couple of weeks, see what my body did. Okay. You know, started losing weight. Once I kind of felt like I was starting to hit a plateau, cut those calories again and again and again and again until the show. Um, and so that's kind of how I figured it out on my own. And like, but like I said, you know, having a coach really does help to really just get it more specific and you have an objective party looking at things. When I was, you know, trying to figure things out on my own, when I was doing it myself, it'd be like, my weight went up a pound over, you know, the last day I need to do X, Y, and Z. Like I need to do more. I need to eat less or I need to do this. And it's like, no, you just didn't have a bowel movement that day. Like you're fine. Like (laughs) that kind of thing. And, you know, dealing with stress and dealing with moving and everything like that, you know, all, all the things that happen in, you know, a normal life, like a lot can happen. Sometimes these preps can last, you know, 16 plus weeks. And there's a lot that happens. A lot of life changes that happen. Very, very interesting. So how did having a coach do, do you feel like it was a healthier process with Absolutely. a coach? How did your body feel? How did your body respond not having a coach versus having a coach? You said you you mm-hmm. looked sick. Did you feel bad when you were doing it on your own at yeah, times? Yeah, yeah. And, and that is part of prep is, and that goes whether you have a coach, whether you don't have a coach, whether you have a good coach or a bad coach, there's going to be a time in prep where you just feel like a zombie. Um, and that's just part of it. The, you know, with cardio being pretty high and calories being low, your energy expenditure is through the roof, but you're not taking in that much calories, that many calories. Um, there's a, a thing we call it prep brain. And it's basically just like, you're so tired and on such low food that it's just like, your brain does not work like at all. And like, I had a, a friend of mine that also competes. She poured egg whites in her coffee rather than her creamer. She thought it was her coffee creamer. And she literally did not notice it until she was like halfway through her cup of coffee. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of what, what that process looks like. So mentally it was definitely harder just because I was second guessing everything and I didn't have a strong enough background in nutrition to really do right by myself in that process versus having a coach it made my life so much easier. And I told him straight up, I was like, listen, discipline is not the problem. You tell me what to do and I will execute to a T. Like I will not miss training days. I will not miss a macro. I will measure everything out to the ounce, to the gram. Like that is what I will do. And sure enough, I mean, he sends me my meal plan. He sends me my training plan. I'm like, okay, done. And it's just, I don't have to think about it and I don't have to worry about it. This year there was a time and it was three weeks out from my show and I was 
it stressed me out so much. I started having a lot of just bloating and cramping and just, just gut issues and just was so uncomfortable. And by the end of the day, I mean, my stomach looked like I was pregnant and I was like, I'm three weeks out from this show. Like that is no time at all. And I'm freaking out. And I'm like, you know, sending my check-ins to my coach and Jackson. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, this is happening and this is what's wrong. And I don't know what's going on. And it really, really hurts. And I'm so uncomfortable and I'm super stressed out about this. And I don't know what to do. My weight had gone up like consistently multiple days in a row. And I was just losing my mind, but also trying not to stress out because that was just going to make everything worse. And he was just like, I'm literally not worried about this at all. Do this, do this. We're going to take out this and change this problem solved in like two days, two days. And I mean, back right on track, I had dropped like three pounds, three or four pounds in like two days just by getting all my digestive things under control. And I never ever would have thought about it like never would have crossed my mind to do what he had suggested and you know just kind of changing a little bit of supplementation and you know taking some stress off the body and I was like that you I'm convinced you're a wizard I think he's a wizard. So um, little things like that where a coach that actually has a background in bodybuilding and, you know, competition prep that can actually, you know, again, be that objective party to look at things. We tend to be so much harder on ourselves than than we need to be. And his knowledge and expertise just literally, like I said, just fixed everything in two days. And that was it. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's just, it was such a mental relief for me because like I said, I was second guessing myself every step of the way when I was trying to figure it out on my own. And, and like I said, just having a coach to just make all those decisions and make all those changes for you just is so much less stressful. Like you execute to a T and they take care of the rest. So when you're exhausted or when, I mean, there's something else going on you, cause you live five days a week correct Mm -hmm. or and you get up at what time to do cardio um usually I get up uh like five anywhere between five and five thirty um and that's right now because my cardio is very low but when I had longer periods of cardio first thing in the morning I would get up at 4 45 to be at the gym when it opened at five so I know you love lifting and I know you love exercise However, there's no way somebody loves that five days a week. Ever. Like how, when you didn't, like, I love this. How did you still get up and go? Where did you get the motivation? It was, it was hard. Yeah, it is definitely hard. And there were times when that my alarm went off at 445 and I just wanted to chuck my phone across the room and be like, no, it is not happening today. Um, but this prep this year was so much different than the ones that it had been last year. So I've been with my coach for two years now and I did the, my first year on my own. So I've been competing for three years. Um, last year, last prep, the first prep that I did with Jackson, I cannot tell you how many things changed in my life during just that 16, 18 week period. I moved, I think twice. Um, we graduated PT school. I studied for our board exam, had to wait and, you know, pass the board exam, which was one of the most stressful tests we've ever taken. It was five hours long. Um, went, you know, started a job, went from working part-time, then transitioned to working full-time. My cat had kittens. And so it was just like, it was literally just like one thing after another, just so much external stress. This year, there was none of that. 
there was literally none of that. It really felt so much easier. And again, that's, that's not going to happen every single time. I just got really lucky this year. And last year I, when I competed, I missed the overall win by one point. I was one point away from winning the whole damn show. And you bet your ass that got me out of bed in the morning. (laughs) That is what did it. That is what did it really, truly. And it was just missing that win and being so, so close and just having it just barely there and just barely missing it was really what motivated me the most. And I love competing. I love it so much. I think it is so much fun. The whole process, the whole prep, and just the the prep isn't very glamorous. It's really not. I mean, it's getting up at 445 every single morning. It's, you know, being on the Stairmaster longer than most people would have nightmares about and, you know, going to training, going to, you know, working a full eight, nine hour day, and then going back to the gym and lifting and training and not eating a lot of food. Like it's not very glamorous. It's not very exciting. It doesn't get exciting until like the show. And, you know, especially when you're 16 weeks out, it's hard to kind of get that focus, but it was literally tunnel vision for me this year. And just knowing that I wanted to win more than I wanted to sleep. I wanted to win more than I wanted to eat a cookie. I wanted to win more than I wanted to, you know, just go home and be lazy all day. And that is a significant driver. And that really, really kept me going. Fascinating. I wish we had video because I wish you guys could just see her face as she talks about it. It's quite fascinating. Um, Okay, so what does, just out of curiosity for some people... What does, when you're trying to build and you're in that calorie Mm -hmm. surplus, take us through a day of eating and then like your most intense prep, take us through what a day of that eating looks like and kind of the time frame between, because I'm sure you don't go from eating like 3000 calories to 1000 calories over. So definitely not. Definitely not. And that's another reason to get a coach just because they can grade that because again if you go from eating you know like you said if you go from eating 3,000 calories to 1,000 calories your body is not going to know what to do and vice versa if you go from eating 1,000 just jump right back into 3,000 it's also going to be a terrible experience I did that my first year and after the show I had literally no discipline with food and it was a nightmare um so when I was bulking I think the most I was eating was probably around 2,300 calories, I think, um, at the most. And so, um, I eat about five meals a day. Meal one breakfast is, um, and this is, let's say for example, this is a training day. Um, and we'll, for, you know, the sake of the argument, this will be a, a, a high training day. So, um, when I train, I have high days and I have low days. The, my higher days are a little bit more calories just because those lifts were a little bit more intense. So where I needed to put on the most muscle for the most part, that was my leg days over the last, um, over the last year, um, just putting on a lot of muscle there. So my leg days were typically my high days. So breakfast would be, um, egg, two eggs, couple ounces of chicken, and then usually either a bowl of oatmeal with some peanut butter or uh, a bagel with some peanut butter. Um, 
let's see meal two midday is usually just chicken and veggies um I missed that a lot when I was in prep. I was like, I really just miss eating chicken and broccoli. Like, how sad is that? Um, Meal three is usually some sort, usually a different source of protein. So, um, you know, whether that was ground beef or uh, salmon, just something that had a little bit higher fat content and veggies, lots of green veggies pre-training. So my pre-workout meal, which was the best meal I've ever had in my entire life, which is literally just chicken and rice. And I don't know what it is about chicken and rice that just makes my heart so happy (laughs) and I miss it. I can't wait to be able to, can't wait to get back there again. But, um, just because, and so that meal, chicken and rice, um, lots of protein, lots of carbs, usually about an hour to an hour and a half before I train. And that way I've digested that food. And since it's a significant carb source, my body is ready to use those carbs and ready to use those proteins to help build muscle and give those muscles the fuel that they need. That way, as I'm recovering, as we're, you know, kind of healing those muscle tissues, they have the nutrients that they need to build back stronger, which is the whole point. Um, also pre-training, usually on my way to the gym, couple rice crispy treats, which is a fantastic pre-workout snack. It's a simple sugar. It digests quickly, gives you a little burst of energy and gives you a nasty pump in the gym. It's awesome. It's awesome. And then post-workout, post-training is, um, protein shake and then usually either rice cakes or cream of rice which is a fantastic carb source especially post-training pre or post-training just because it is a little bit faster digesting than um or sorry a little bit slower digesting than um some other carb sources but again that um research has shown that that glycogen input right after training pretty immediately post training um again helps with an aid in that build up in the repair of muscle tissue so um that's what a typical day would look like kind of in that bulking off season um and i'd i'd have free meals every now and then too i'd have you know and by free meals i mean cheat meals technically I don't like calling them cheat meals because like it's in my plan like it's part of the plan like I'm not just going out and eating McDonald's just because I feel like it like it's part of the plan we utilize them at specific days usually on my rest days but my rest days were actually you know right before my upper body days my shoulder days which was another area that I needed to improve on so now that I had you know this you know chipotle burrito now I'm gonna go and use all that extra food use that to my advantage when I train hard the next day. And then in the depths of prep, um, it was, and I honestly don't know calories off the top of my head. I never really tracked it. Like I said, my coach would just give me my meal plans and I, I would go from there. Um, breakfast was, or the first meal was usually chicken and eggs. Um, no carb source for, for most days. Um, Meal two and three was usually cod and some veggie, whether it was broccoli, asparagus, spinach, something like that. Um, shout out to my coworkers for dealing with that smell for as long as they did. I tried not to microwave it. I really did. 
but oh, cold, cold cod cold. is also just terrible so um cod is a white fish and it is pretty much all protein so that's kind of why we chose that source um lower calories lots and lots of protein in it but is honestly it is terrible do not recommend i've tried to eat cod and ever i can do it every now and then it's yeah. a texture thing oh the texture is terrible and then if you don't eat it fresh it gets so fishy but yeah. props to you unless it's like deep fried on a sandwich i never want to see it again <laughs> we were, i was walking through the grocery store with my boyfriend the other day and he was like we passed by like the frozen fish and everything he was like do you want some cod and i was like i would rather die like how dare you even say that to me right now Ugh. um pre-training was chicken and rice cakes you know again protein and carbs and then uh post-training was usually also chicken and rice cakes protein and carbs. So, um, for the most part, they, the meals looked fairly similar. We had the same, you know, main macronutrient, you know, kind of density. It's just the volume of it decreased over time. So I'm not going to share specifics just because I don't want prep is and competing for a bodybuilding competition is to the extreme. It is extreme, extreme, and it is not sustainable. So I don't want somebody listening to this being like, Oh, well, I'm going to do everything that she did. Like, no, that is not a good way to lose weight. It's like not I said, a lifestyle diet. No, no, it is for a specific purpose at a specific date. And we are already like well past, you know, like I said, I only competed a week and a half ago and my weight's gone up. My cardio has gone down. My food has gone up significantly. I'm already, you know, having free meals and everything. So it's, it's not a sustainable, sustainable decision. It's like any other sport. I mean that it's like, yeah, you're in off season now. If you played any sport year round, I mean, exactly. You're, you're, it's too, it's too much on the body. It's too much on the body. I had someone tell me they were eating, they were trying to lose weight and they were eating 800 calories a day. <laughs> and it's just like that. I, you said, I talked to you about it. You're like, that is not enough calories for a toddler. Yeah. No. Let alone a grown adult human. Yeah. Like your body, need, you're burning roughly 1800 to 2000 calories just by living. And so really you want to be eating at least around that, these 1200, yeah. eight, 1200 800 calorie diets it's not sustainable for an adult and it's like she said that was for a specific purpose she kind of she worked to that over weeks and weeks and weeks monitored by a professional Mm -hmm. she didn't just haul off yeah it wasn't like I just you know it wasn't like 18 weeks out I just started eating 800 calories a day and you know on the Stairmaster for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, it's a very gradual, a very gradual decrease in calories and increase in cardio. Like I said, increasing that energy expenditure, but it's, it's like, like Callie said, it's very gradual and monitored as well. And there were times like, you know, if I was feeling sick or super stressed out, we'd be like, okay, no training today or no cardio tomorrow. And, you know, let's add a little bit more food that, you know, again, because you only get this one body and it's, it's not worth it to screw it up forever. If, you know, you're constantly doing these, you know, crazy, crazy diets and, and extremely restrictive, um, diets. Like I said, I'm already out of that. And again, we're gradually increasing things. If I just immediately started bulking and immediately started eating, you know, chicken and rice every single day for every single meal, my body wouldn't know what to do with it. You know, I, I have to work 
that, you know, restoring my metabolism, restoring hunger cues, restoring hormones. And it takes a process. And, you know, that's part of the, the risk versus the reward. You know, I, I, I love this sport and I love competing and I want to take it as far as I can go. And, you know, that's, my, again, that's my choice. And, and, and again, you know, being coached by somebody who knows what they are doing and is very, very knowledgeable and, and knows how to take somebody through that whole process is why I do it. So you're a pelvic floor physical therapist. How did your pelvic floor respond to these stresses, to the increased training, the decreasing food, the increased stress at times? How, how did your pelvic floor do? I thought I had an overactivity before I started prep. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely was feeling the overactivity more and more. Um, and granted, I didn't really have like a significant like increase in any of my symptoms. I was just much, much more aware of it. Um, the training intensity and um, even for cardio, I was doing the Stairmaster. And I remember there was one day I like finally finished and I was like, my pelvic floor hurts. I was getting like almost like pelvic floor cramps. And like, I had to just like go like roll out and do some diaphragmatic breathing, do some hip openers and stretching and everything like that. Just because I mean, with stairs, I mean, I use it to train my, my patients that have weakness and, you know, I'm like, okay, we're doing some step ups to activate those pelvic floor muscles. And so, I mean, being on the stairmaster for that long, I was just like, whew, my pelvic floor was feeling it for sure, for sure. So it was, it was kind of interesting. I was really curious too. I was like, I wonder if this is going to make anything, you know, ramp it up. And, and it did a little bit, but me being a pelvic floor physical therapist, I knew what I needed to do and was actually a good patient and used my pelvic <laughs> wand when I needed to, did my deep breathing, did my relaxation, all the good things. So it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but, and it definitely could have been worse, but probably could have been better too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to get it under control. Yeah. All right. The last couple questions I have for you is, um, how did you do at your last competition and how did it make you feel? So I won the overall at my last competition and it was the best feeling in the world. So the way that I kind of describe, so if you're not familiar with how bodybuilding competitions work, I'll try to break it down as best I can. Um, the way that they kind of work is it's almost like a track meet, right? You have the men and the women, right? They all do their thing. Um, but there's different, different events that you can do, right? You can do the 400 meter dash. You can do the hurdles. You can do shot, but you can do javelin. And so obviously you're not going to score somebody who's throwing javelin against somebody who's running the 400 meter dash. So there's different divisions within women's bodybuilding. Um, the one that I do is called bikini and it's a little misleading because everybody is in bikini. Not just us, all the women are in bikinis. But depending on what category you enter in, they're looking for different things. They're looking for, you know, a different amount of uh, conditioning. They're looking for a different amount of muscle mass. They're looking for different shape overall. And so that's kind of what those, you know, the 400 meter dash versus the javelin. Obviously, they're looking for different things. So in my division in bikini, um, 
after that, so say for example, bikini is this 400 meter dash. Well, they can't have, you know, all 50 people running this race at the same time. So we're divided into height. We're divided into height classes. And so they'll have like all the girls that are five foot compete against each other. All the girls that are five, one will compete against each other and so on and so on. So it's almost like the different heats of the same race. It's still the same, um, the same event, right? It's all still the 400 meter dash, but we split it up into heats. And so once they have the winner from each heat, they take, you know, they score based off of, again, just overall presentation, muscle development, leanness, all the things. Um, They pick their winner. And then at the end of the show at finals, they bring back the first place winner in each height class. So in each heat, and then that's when they decide who is the overall winner. And so it was, you know, the girl who won the five foot height class, the girl who won the five, two height class, so on and so on. And Meeks, I had placed first in my height class and then I ended up winning the overall. So winner of the winners. And it was the best feeling in the entire world. Like I said, it was, uh, at this show, it was actually the same show that I did last year where I missed the overall by one point and just being at home in the show was in Little Rock and, having my family there and my boyfriend and some friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And, um, just the fact that it was that show, there's like, you know, like, yeah, I came back and I won it and won the whole thing was just so, so, so rewarding. And the overall win is kind of like something that everybody chases and it was just checked all my boxes and it was just the best feeling in the world. It was the best feeling in the world. That's really awesome. I was very, very happy for you. She got a ginormous trophy. I did. It was freaking massive. It, it is huge. It came up to my knee. Yeah. So that's so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing about your experience with all absolutely. of us. I think this is going to be super, super interesting to everyone. It's been interesting to watch for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like I said, I love this sport. I love bodybuilding. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me. Like I can, you know, see if I can hook you up with a coach. Like I said, I will always recommend my coach. His name is Jackson. Um, his Instagram is Jacked Hain, H-A-E. H A E N. I was like, wait a second, how do you, what is his last name? Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, absolutely just wonderful experience. If you're interested in competing, if you're thinking about it, I, like I said, it's not for everybody. It's definitely to the extreme, but it's so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Very, very nice. Well, thank you. Again absolutely. For all of that. This was, this was fun. This was this really was fun. fun. This was so fun. Do you have a patient win? I do. I do. Um, my patient, she, uh, made my job look so easy. <laughs> I pretty much told her, I was like, you're, I like, I promise I do more than this. I really do. Um, she came to see me maybe about six weeks ago, I think, um, somewhere in there and was just having a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort in the pelvic region, had a little bit of a prolapse and it was just kind of like she'd had it before. And then it was like, all of a sudden it just, all of her symptoms just got worse. Just like out of the middle of nowhere, out of the blue was in just significant, discomfort, um, because of the prolapse and lots of pain and leakage and just so, so many things, so many things. And so she went to her doctor, doctor sent her to us by the time that she got in to see me, she had told me she was like, okay, like things have kind of calmed down and like, we're definitely improving already. Um, she was like, it's not nearly as, as 
severe as it, as it had been. And so we start working and had a little bit of an overactivity and really just working on some minor like breath and contraction and relaxation, some coordination and everything like that. And I'm not kidding. I think she was like fixed in two visits. Like literally she came back to see me the next time I saw her and she was like, I haven't had anything. I was like, okay, let's keep going. (laughs) Came back to see me like two weeks later. Yeah, no, still haven't had anything. Literally perfectly fine. No pain, no incontinence, no discomfort. Bladder's where it needed to be. Nothing. So I was like, okay, I'll see you in a month. How about that? Yeah, literally. So she comes back in. She's like, yeah, I'm literally fine. So I was like, all right. (laughs) You made my job look really easy. Um, But bye. Have a nice life. (laughs) I love that. Um, I have a fun one. I don't think I've done a win like this. I have a diastasis recti win. So... This was a longer term. This was not quite as easy. We had to work on this for a couple months just because when you start thinking about true muscle gains or strength gains, it can take about six weeks to start seeing results. And that's not six weeks to get where you want. That's six weeks to start seeing things. So this patient came in with about a, it was a three finger diastasis at her belly button And then it was about two fingers all the way up to the top and then a finger and a half down below the belly button. So pretty significant diastasis. We've been working on all the diastasis recti exercise things, all the activity modifications. And I checked it again. It's closed at the top. It's closed at the bottom. We are a finger at the belly button. Amazing. Still separating it there at the belly button, but it's come so far. She feels better. No, she was having some back pain because we've talked about that core being that internal back brace. As that's closed, it's kind of like zipped all that up. Back pain's been non-existent. So pretty pretty happy with that but all all the credit to her because she's doing the exercises I mean it doesn't get better if you don't do the exercises yeah so uh, that's That's fine amazing I love that so yeah okay our PSA this week is um Rachel's awesome (laughs) (laughs) I love talking about this like I said if you have any questions please reach out to me I love talking about this so much and I will I think like I've mentioned come lift weights with me come hang out the weight room is not scary I promise it's super super fun we have a great time and it's awesome yes a lot a lot of fun a lot of benefits to weightlifting even if you're not competing we've talked about it before there's just there's benefits we've Rachel and I have said this a million times exercise is the fountain of youth absolutely 100% so she does it as a competition to the extreme which is awesome and it's amazing but all you have to do is something so just something all right well thank you again rachel this has been super super fun we that's really all we have for this week so see you guys next week bye